Matthew 16, verse 13. It's an honor to be behind this podium and preach this amazing church. Uh, this church, y'all are intertwined with Vessel Church um, in so many ways. And Megan and I, uh, we extend our gratitude, our thankfulness towards you for every prayer that you pray, every dollar that's given. We are so very thankful. Thank you for helping us build a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you. Matthew 16, verse 13. We're going to start off with a, a story that if you've, if you've had faith experience, if you've had a walk with God, you might be familiar with. It says that Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elisha. Others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But... He looked at him, and then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus took this question from the public's view and now went to a private, personal view. Not worried about what others say that I am. I want to know, who do you say that I am? Who do you know me as? And it was Simon Peter that answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is, which is in heaven. And I say also unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I prayed this morning. I said, God, what do you want to say to the river today? And this is, this is the story that he brought my attention to. And what he told me is that you were once a church of Simon, and God has transformed your identity into Peter. Simon means hearing, means listening. You went from the church that listened and heard the word of the Lord, and that's why God has transformed your identity, and he has brought you into a new place as a church, and now you are Peter. Now you represent the rock. Now you represent authority. Now you are the church that is going to see revival in this region. And God has given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. God has established a new identity at the river. Everybody say, however, we must be careful. We must be careful. And here's why. We continue in verse 21. From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem. He must suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. 
This dude rebuked Jesus. I don't, Ricky Shane, you about to have a kid here in a couple months. There's going to be some rebuking that needs to be done. And most likely, Lagan's going to be rebuking you a lot. <laughs> but I could, could you imagine looking at Jesus and rebuking Jesus? He rebukes him. But then Jesus turns into him and says, Peter, get behind me, Satan. There's a weird turn of events here. Peter is given a place in the kingdom, but now Jesus is putting Peter in his place of correction, calling him Satan. He says, because you savor not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. New identity requires new accountability in the spirit. And as you enter into and walk in this new place of authority as a church, what's going to happen is you are going to face opposition that's going to try and steal the purpose that God has for you. And what God has sent me to do is remind you today as a church of how it is that we, we must posture ourselves in this new identity that God has given us as the river. Because it comes with new authority. It comes with a new dimension in the spirit, but it also comes with making sure that we know our place in the kingdom of God. And so for a few moments today, I want to just preach to you on this thought, knowing your place. Knowing your place. You've got a place and a purpose in the kingdom. And, and, and this church wants to see you in that place and purpose in the kingdom. But just as much as Pastor and Sister Payne, just as much as the leadership, just as much as every volunteer wants to see you enter into your purpose, you've got an enemy that's trying to steal that purpose away from you. So I want to help you today and kind of, kind of, kind of expose some things that the enemy is going to try and do and maybe is already trying to do in your lives to take away that place and purpose of the kingdom. Lift up your hands and help us pray right now. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray right now. God, I ask that you would just visit this room, Lord, the way that your presence is already here. Worship has went up. Your presence has made its way in. And now, Lord, I pray that your word would go forth like seed on good ground. God, take root in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, help me right now. I need your strength. God, I need your anointing. I can't do this on, on my own, Father, but I need your spirit. God, lead us through your word. I believe that you have blessings that you want to pour out today. I believe that you have a boldness in the spirit that you want to pour out today. And Lord, help me to navigate this by way of your spirit and by way of your grace. We thank you. If you're excited about what God is doing in your life, if you're excited about what God is doing in this church, why don't you give him a hand clap of praise right now? Yes! Amen. You may be seated. Come on, you want the mic? Probably not. Okay. I wish it were you preaching, not me. <laughs> we're in a good place. You're going to have to help me out because my, I'm not... 
Adnan got soft. I'm not used to preaching two services. I'm not like Pastor Penn. I can't just like drop the thunder two times in a row and be all right, okay? That's why my voice is a little weak, so I need some help. Y'all going to help me out today? Amen. Let's go. We're in a good place today. There's so many different places that you could be on a Sunday morning, but you decided to be in the house of God. And there is nothing like being in the house of God with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. And it's no coincidence that you are here. Some of you, you came because you, you knew, you knew you wanted to come to the house of the Lord. You know that this is the place that, that has a priority in your life. But some of you, some of you have battled tooth and nail to make it here. Some of you, it was the worries that you went to sleep with that try to make you stay in the bed that you woke up in this morning because you didn't really feel like coming to church. Can I be real for a moment? Is it okay if we be real for a second and admit that some of us, we didn't actually feel like coming to church today? And that maybe that there's even some people online right now that they didn't come to church today because they, there's opposition in the room. There's opposition in their life. But the place that we've got to be whenever there is opposition is right where we are today. And that is in the house of the Lord. Because where two or three are gathered together in his midst, that's when his presence makes its way in. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. And it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. That's why it's important that we make church a priority. That's why it's important that we get to the house of God that we pray with one another that we worship together because it's a source of our strength it's where the spirit can operate like nowhere else it's where you can find direction it's where you can find peace and everything else that you need in your life how many thankful for the house of the Lord today how many thankful for the river church it's where we come to get refreshed and refueled. And every time that we come together, isn't it amazing that we get to experience the presence of the author and finisher of our faith, the presence of the creator of the universe, the fact that he would take time out of his schedule to meet with people like you and me who don't deserve an audience with the king of, of everything, but yet he chooses to be here. It's an honor and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that we're in this place together. The house of God can be very, very similar to our own houses, to our own home. Whether you live in a condo, an apartment, a house, a trailer, a cardboard box, whatever you call home. The house of the Lord looks very similar to our houses because we have things that that are in our house that that belong in certain proper places. Right? There, there's, there's certain things in our homes that have a place for a reason. The windows are on the walls, not the floor. Right? The the the, the, the laundry room is not the living room. You don't, you don't put your washer and dryer in the living room by your couch and try to have a conversation with somebody while, while it's, it's washing, washing your darks and maybe drying your whites. Like that, it, it don't work like that. But you got a place where all that takes place. Right? The silverware. 
Silverware is not, it's in the kitchen drawer. It's not in the bathroom cabinet. But if that's how you roll, that's whatever. Just don't invite me over for dinner because I I ain't trying to, that's not what I'm about. But you got everything in your house in a certain place for a certain reason. And how many, how many can testify that they, 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 maybe, (laughs) I'm getting a little too personal right now. If my wife is watching this, oh man. But maybe you have something in a certain place that doesn't make sense to anybody else, but it makes sense to you. And then somebody goes and moves that thing out of that place and now you can't find it. And you're like, where, what, where, I, I had it exactly where I needed it. Well, it was a mess where it was, but it was where it was. There's a reason I have it right there. You want to know why? Because misplacement causes confusion. Misplacement causes stress. How many of y'all have ever lost your car keys and you're, and you're trying to get out of the house, but you can't find your car keys and you're already late as it is? Or maybe that's just me. I feel like I'm late all the time. And whenever I lose my car keys, there's this certain type of panic that's associated with losing your car keys. Because, because it's, it's like, I've never, I don't have kids, so I've never lost a kid before, but I just can't imagine that panic being worse than losing your car keys because, because I'm already late and now there's just like this terror, like, I, well, did you look where you last had it? Y- yes, of course. That's why I can't find them. Misplacement. It puts you in a certain place of mind that nothing else does. But the thing is, I honestly believe that the way that misplacement and having things out of place can mess us up with our with our minds. There's also misplacement that can happen in the spirit. I believe a lot of the ways that the world is trending right now. Is because there's major misplacement. What's happened is we as humans, we don't like to be put in our place. And whenever we are misplaced, we are misled. And whenever you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. But being put in your place has everything to do with being put in your purpose. And the reason that we have a proper place in our homes and in our churches and in the kingdom is the same reason that God has proper places for things in the spirit. God is a God of order. I'm not talking about just telling people what to do, but I mean, he orders things in a certain way for a certain reason. He's very intentional with what he does. If he created things in a certain way or at a certain time, there is reason for it. Amen. He believes in proper placement so much that he made sure that we had a place before we ever had a purpose. We see this in creation. He created the seas before he ever created the fish. He created the land before he ever created the animals because God made sure that man and woman would have everything that they needed to live set in place before he ever set them in their purpose. That's why wherever you are in your life right now, do not feel the pressures of the waters that are trying to drown you because God has everything that you need for this season right where it needs to be. He will not send you anywhere that he has not already prepared himself because he prepares the place before he ever prepares the purpose because he's a God of order like that. That's how he rolls. And the place and the time in which he created man and woman is so pertinent to the purpose that they have in this world, and before before you you tune me out, please, um, 
there is indeed a place for proper gender roles in society. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like push any kind of political agenda. I'm not here to get on a candy stick. But I have a question for you. Is it possible that the gender confusion that is in the world right now started with gender confusion in the church? Oof. When our men are no longer the priests of their home, they are no longer in the place that God designed them to be in. And whenever things get out of place, chaos and confusion ensue. You see, God established the men as protectors and the women as providers. And that's why we as men ought to be the first ones that address spiritual problems that arise in our homes. Our role in the church cannot be diluted to simply saying, oh, we're just not that emotional. Oh, I'm a guy, so I'm not really emotional to clap my hands or to lift up my voice or to dance or sing. But it's because I'm just not emotional because I'm a manly man, whereas women have a defined place in the home, in the church that they are vital to. And believe me, I thank God for my wife and the incredible purpose that she's added to my life. And I'm not saying that there's any kind of hierarchy that one's more important than the other. But what I am saying is I'm challenging men to rise to the role that God placed you in as the priest of your home. If your wife is praying harder and longer than you then things are out of place if women are out worshiping the men in the church then things are out of place and if we allow women to be the protectors and do the things that the men are supposed to be doing in the spirit then things are out of place but as men, we've got to be interceding on behalf of our marriages. We've got to be praying on behalf of our children and our families. God established us to be priests in the home, to lead the way for our families. And we must get in place for the kingdom to be in order. And if you're a single mother in the room, I implore you. Because you've got an extra dose of anointing that God's given you. We've got to get back into place. Stop allowing things to disrupt the order of God in our lives. But be in the place that God called us to be in because there is a place for everything and we must have everything in its place because we've already said it. God is a God of order. And just as much as you have order and things placed in your home, he has us all placed in a kingdom set and divinely designed with a certain order. He is our king. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. So our place in this kingdom is directly below him. But right underneath God. Almost directly next to him. Not directly next to him. But right there underneath he has placed a man and a woman of God in our lives. And if you think that your place is ever above the man or woman of God in your life, then you need to go find a place of prayer to get yourself back in place. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your souls. They're watching over your souls. 
they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. You've got a pastor and a pastor's wife that they have been set as God's watchmen over your souls, as God's watchmen over your families. And that's why when he preaches something or there's a meeting and she says something that maybe you didn't want to hear, it's because they God has given them an aerial view and they are seeing the path that you're going on. And if they see a trajectory that is headed to a wrong place, all they want to do is help make sure that you get back in alignment with the Spirit, that you get back in alignment with God. Don't you dare give grief to your pastor and your pastor's wife whenever they give you direction that you didn't want to hear. But they're the ones that are going to give an account for your souls. So the greatest thing that you can do is maintain your position underneath them as a body of Christ. And instead of letting them down, strengthen your hands to lift them up. That's why in this season, it's so important. In this time of transition, it's so vital to be the, to be the time where you encourage them. I love you, Pastor. I love you, Sister Payne. Thank you for preaching to us. Thank you for praying for us. Send them a text. Give them a call. And let them know how much you love them. I'm praying for your family today. I'm lifting up London in prayer. I'm lifting up Brantley in prayer. I'm going to be there for you every step of the way. I love the direction that you're taking us. I love seeing what's going on at the river. Let them know and be the body that lifts up your pastor and your pastor's wife. Don't ever look for a meeting with pastor or pastor's wife and, 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 and just be looking for a fight. That's not, that, that's, you, want, you want to know who else did that? His name was Lucifer. And God put him in his place. But the man and woman of God that God has set for this church, for this region, as this church enters into this new identity and starts maintaining it and developing in this new identity as a church, they're going to be going through extra opposition. That's why whenever they call for a fast, don't mumble and grumble. Know that they're doing it for your soul. Whenever they call for prayer, don't you dare complain because they're doing it for your soul. Whenever they step behind this pulpit, you need to trust and yield to them. Because while you're praying for your new job, while you're praying for a new boat or new finances or whatever it is, they've been toiling in the spirit and they've been praying for your soul. They've been praying for your children. And that's why it's so important as a church in this time that you are lifting them up. Aren't you thankful for your pastor and your pastor's wife? And that's why I, I, I told them in the 9 a.m., I said, I have not talked to him. I know this kind of preaching. He does not like it because he don't, that they don't like attention on them. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you what God told me to spoke this morning. Because there's a place for everything God wants to put everything in its place. And as you enter into this new season, as, a, as, as this, this name change takes place, and you go from Simon to Peter, from hearing and listening to the Apostle Paul, that, that, or the Apostle Peter, that the, the church, the rock that it will be built on, and God continues to build this church, we've got to make sure that we are in total alignment and totally placed where God wants us to be. I believe that every single person in this room, you have a seat at the table of the kingdom. 
I believe no matter your past, no matter your background, every single one of us have place and purpose in the kingdom of God. God did not design you just to work a nine to five, just to make enough money, just to get by and do the same thing over and over. No, there is a divine design and why he created you, why he created your family, why he created your environment, and he wants to set you forth in motion to do his will and to do his work to see ultimate fulfillment in your life you have a place everybody point at yourself and say I have a place that's what brings us back to the original text we see it in the body of Christ Peter is given the keys to the kingdom of heaven wow it's a big set of keys He's given his calling. He's given his purpose. Peter's relationship with Jesus is what gave revelation to his purpose. See, the closer that you are to God, the more that he will reveal about why he created you in the first place. But as much as we search for place and as much as we search for purpose, we see in this story, just because Peter received that revelation and was placed where God wanted him to be, did not mean that that was the end of the story. But just as easy as it was for God to reveal, for Jesus to reveal Peter's place in the kingdom, it was just as easy for him to get out of line. He's put him in his place. But as soon as Peter is given the keys, almost immediately, Jesus has to rebuke him because he was out of place. Jesus is telling his disciples of the suffering, and Peter was compassionate. Peter, Peter wasn't trying to be out of line to be rebellious. Peter was voicing frustration out of good intentions. Sometimes you can have the purest intentions but still be completely out of line. And anything that is an adversary to the will of God is an adversary to God. And that's why Jesus had to rebuke him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. That word Satan means stumbling block. Peter went from being made the stepping stone for the church to be built to now a stumbling block for the will of God all in an instant. That's why God sent me to the river today is to let you know that in this new season, in this new identity, in this new purpose, it's going to be so easy for the enemy to try and trip you up and get you out of line with what it is that God wants to do in your life, in your family, and in this church. We must be diligent with the call of God. We must be diligent with being in order with what it is that God wants to do. God puts things in their place for a reason. And once Jesus puts you in your place of purpose, he doesn't just allow you to stay there and fight on your own, but he's given us something that will help us every single step of the way. Because as soon as you have an understanding of purpose, guess what else you have an understanding of? You have an understanding of the power that God wants to give you to help you along that journey. Somebody shout the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Ghost was given to you not to just be a witness and tell others, but it was given to you that you would have the power to fulfill the purpose that God has given you in your life. He didn't give you purpose just to watch you fight on your own, but he said, I've got a promise that I want to give to you. I've got power that's coming from on high, and it's going to help you do what it is that I created you to do. And whenever... Whenever Jesus put Peter in his place, whenever he rebuked him, you know what he did? He set a precedent that would become a principle for Peter. He looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Understanding and knowing that one day in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost is poured out for the very first time, that Peter would receive that same authority to set things back in proper divine alignment. Jesus was showing him that. The same power that Jesus used to set Peter in his place is the same power that he has given you through the power of his spirit to set things in order in your own life. So that whenever things get in the way of what it is that God wants to do, you also have the authority to look at whatever that thing is and say, get thee behind me. Let me show you like this. All right. Ricky, Shane, Brian, I need y'all again. I'm going to walk on the stairs this time. I don't know why they took away those stairs because I, now i got to walk a mile to get off the stage. So here's what it looks like. I could never make Ricky Shane a bad guy because he's literally the nicest human on planet Earth. So Ricky Shane is going to be Jesus. And that makes Brian <laughs> made for the role, my friend. <laughs> Brian is a representation of the enemy. What we have to understand is that kingdom order and kingdom placement, God was so intelligent and wise in the way that he did it. A lot of us like to complain about the enemy and his tactics and what it is that he does in our lives whenever really we ought to be rejoicing. Because the way that God set the enemy is a way that he says, I'm first, you follow me, and I'm going to set an accuser behind you that's going to go to me day and night to try and accuse you. He's going to have his little dumb minions all throughout the earth, and they're going to try and report on every little thing that you do. And he's like, he is only like a lion seeking whom he may devour. I've set him there so I can keep you on your toes, so that any time that he gets close to you and tries to touches you or your family in any way, it's just reason for you to get closer to me. Paul called it a thorn in the flesh that any time the enemy would try and buffet him in his life, all it was was just another reason for him to get closer to Jesus. It's amazing that everything that the enemy would mean for evil, whenever we turn it over to the hands of God, he can turn it for our good. It's fire that he will send to us that we might be forged for greater faith in our lives. It's divine order. It's divine order. While he's on our toes, it means that we want to stay close to Jesus. And this is what it looks like. I'm following God. Everything that I've got, I'm loving him. I'm worshiping him. I'm doing everything I can. And i got an enemy that's behind me, but I'm not allowing any space because all that the enemy does is motivates me to be closer to Jesus. 
He motivates me to be closer to God. But here's what happens. I know my place. I know my purpose. I know where I stand in the order of things of the kingdom. But then I just get, I get a little tired. I get a little weak. Opposition happens, and now my prayer life is only happening about once or twice a week instead of every day. I've reduced my Bible reading to one passage. I've reduced, I've reduced fasting to only once a month instead of once a week. I've gotten lax in my walk with God, and that has created space. God is never far from you. Let's go ahead and just, like, set that. But spiritually, what I've done is I've allowed space, and the enemy looks for that. And now things are out of order. Things that I let off the gas with in my walk with God have now allowed room for idols in my life. It has now allowed room for there to be things that will separate me from my walk with God. But thanks be to Jesus that he did, said, I, you don't have to allow things to stay like that. But I have given you the authority the same way that I looked at the adversary and said, get thee behind me, Satan. That same spirit that raised me from the dead, I have set forth in your heart heart that whenever things are out of order whenever things are out of place you now have the authority to say hey satan get thee behind me i've got a god that i'm after i've got a jesus that i've got to back get back closer i've got a jesus that i want to worship but that's not even the best part that's not the best part this guy come on come on brother woman come on whenever you say get thee behind me satan guess what else you got come on brother come on Come on. you got two things that God said I've set in motion in your life. You've got goodness and you've got mercy that are following you all the days of your life. So whenever you say, get thee behind me, Satan, you got goodness right behind you that says, nah, pal, you got to get back in line. And then you got mercy that says, no, sir, you're not taking my spot. Because God said, whenever you set things behind you, I'm going to give you buffer behind you so that my goodness and mercy will never allow anything that the enemy tries to do to get in the way of what I want to do in your life. I've got goodness and mercy that says your past no longer has to be a part of your life, but I've got a future for you. I've got deliverance for you. I've got a blessing for you. I've got a work in your life that I want to do. Why don't we thank God right now? Come on, somebody give him praise. Somebody give them praise. Come on, can anybody testify of the goodness and the mercy of Jesus? Lift up your hands. There's a boldness in the spirit right now that wants to fall on you. Lift up your hands. Come on, the God is reigniting passion and purpose in your life. God's reminding somebody. God's letting you know you've been facing things that you haven't faced in a long time and I'm showing you why because I want to show you that you have the authority within you in this new place in this new season in this new identity with the power of my spirit you can set things back in order you can set things and put them back in their place Come on, 
come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody, if you're in a place where you're ready to see God rework your life, if you know things have been out of order for way too long, if you know things need to be put back in their place, why don't you declare that over your life right now? I'm not going to allow my family to be lost. I'm not going to allow work to get in the way of my walk with God. I'm not going to allow my past to remain in front of me. I'm not going to walk in that old man and that old identity. But I've got, man, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. I've got new things that God wants to do in my life. Come on, this is the moment. This is the time where we press. Come on, I, I know there's opposition in this church. There's things that the enemy has set in motion to try and disrupt the momentum that God has set. But there is no plan. There is no tactic. There is nothing that the enemy can do. But what I'm asking, is there anybody in this room that's ready for a holy boldness to come over you? That's ready for a new authority? That's ready to be able to say, there's some things in my life that I got to put back in their place. I've allowed them in my life for far too long, and I'm ready to say, get thee behind me.